following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. talking about something else and I was going to open the show with something else that was on my mind and then I got derailed from that so welcome to the intentional foul for this week I guess I can tell you a story that's a professional lead in right there I can tell friends. you a story you got a deck of cards <laughs> no I'm never going to learn that story ever that's a good place to start alright um so things are um Things are kind of getting a little busy. Do we need two weeks to prepare for the NFL season with all the cutdowns and stuff? So we so we get our roster. I think it's by the end of Tuesday. Is that it in the afternoon sometime? So. Yeah. Three or four. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And then you get the rest of the week, and then you get another full week to prepare. Does it seem like that's a long well, time? I or? mean, that's what happens when you cut out a, a game. They went from four games to three games, right? Oh, so they need to keep the same schedule. So everything would have started... I think they would have still had another game this weekend, right? Well, maybe. I I honestly don't know what the calendar I mean, looks no, like. No, personally, and I think most football fans are like, "Let's go!" Oh yeah, like, we just we, you just made us sit through a month of shit. Which is funny because we've shortened the preseason and we're still impatient. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about these games. What did I? I was listening to the Bears radio broadcast on Saturday night, and they had um, McCaskey in in the booth. Um, and he said he is not a fan of the new 17-game schedule. Mm. He would rather have fewer preseason games and more regular season games. So he was looking to even go more on the other side of the spectrum, if I if I remember correctly. Um, but Like 18 and 2? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that 20 games is kind of the magic number they wanted to stick at, whether yeah. it's 16, 14. However you slice it. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know. I don't know. I I've, like I've said a million times on this podcast, I I I just generally don't care about okay. that stuff. That's that's what I kind of wanted, and that's what I was thinking about since I was doing that Bears game on Saturday on your new, brand new uh, Bears affiliate in Rock County, WCLO, by the way. Like, I know a lot of the players on the Packers, and I pay attention to some of the backups, and generally am familiar with the two deep. And if you say a name, I can tell you the position that he plays. Probably couldn't tell you what he looks like or what number he wears. How close attention do you pay to the roster for anybody who's not going to be a starter for your your favorite team? Not much. Okay. I mean, I looked today, um, I read an article that, Basically, somebody was predicting the 53-man right. bear roster. And that's where we are. And I went through and I read by positions and all of that. And, and I knew probably 20 guys. Yeah, I, I knew probably uh-huh. 20 guys. Like, you know, some of the most recent draft picks, you know. Um, and then a couple of guys that have been on the team, you know. But there's a lot of guys on there, like, I don't know who they are. I mean, some of them, I guess I know who they are, like, 
they signed Riley Reef. I know he's an offensive lineman. Correct. I don't know particularly which of the five spots on the line he plays, mm-hmm. but I know he's a lineman. I think he was on was he on the Bengals and maybe the Lions, I think, something like Lions, that. Lions, I think, is yeah. So, yeah, That's you the know, only team I'm and they're like, Yeah, he's gonna make the roster, but he's probably not gonna start. Okay. I, I whatever. You can't start on that fucking line. Might be time to get out. <laughs> Now, do you think that's a product of, is it just you being a fan? If they were better, would you pay more attention? No, it's just there, it, there's so many guys. Okay. There's just, there's there's so many guys to keep track of, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I like the NFL a lot. It's probably my second favorite sport now ahead of, ahead of MLB and behind the NBA, but um, I just don't get, I'm not that nerdy into it. I mean, and the same can be said for baseball. There's a lot of guys in the in the league, I don't know. I don't know the backup second baseman on the Mariners. Mm-hmm. I did years ago. I don't now. You know, I don't pay any attention to who's got good minor league systems. I'll worry about that when these guys when they get here. Yeah, but I mean, I'm you know? I'm more fo- I'm just saying more focusing on your team if you know them top to bottom or anything um, like that. No, not 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 really in football because I just okay. think there's too many guys and and there's just positions that I just don't care that much about. Okay, you know, I don't really care a lot about who the third string nose tackle is it's not a big concern of mine because if he's playing we're in trouble sure you know what i'm saying yeah but sometimes that's that's a necessity you know i didn't know anything about that wigginton dude on the bucks last year right sure i had never heard of him didn't know what college he went to and he was there for like eight games and then like we never saw him again and he was just chilling like whatever i don't care I don't, I don't care. If you're playing, it means that Holiday or Connaughton or Grayson Allen or Wes Matthews are, like, hurt or they got COVID. And you're or, screwed. And we don't – no offense to him because, look, you made the NBA. You're on the box. That's awesome. But, like, go. I don't want you playing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, I, it's my I, professional I, opinion. I was, you, you shouldn't play. And that's fine. I was just curious because generally I I generally have heard of a lot of the backups because invariably in Green Bay these guys get freaking hurt and there needs to come in they need to come in and so they're starters and it's like, "Oh my god, this person's starting. We're in trouble." But, but you follow college football a lot more than yeah. I do. I mean, probably not as much as you used to, I'm probably, sure. Nope, not as much as I but used to. But you follow it. You especially like you know, you knew who George Karloftis was. Yes, I had no, I'd never heard of him. <laughs> I'd never heard of him until the draft. And you're like, you know, he was this great he first was my team guy. All Big Ten yeah. uh, D lineman from, from Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, I, I didn't watch any Purdue football games. <laughs> I don't even know that I paid attention. I don't even know if they played the Badgers last year. Can't remember. But I don't, you know. That's that's what I love about sports. It just people can have such different. Well, there's just so much. There's so there much, is. and there's certain. Certain things that it's, other people it's focus no, it's, on. It's no different than, um, you know, me doing my top 40 of the last 40 in the NBA or anytime we talk about, you know, greatest quarterback of all time. You hate that shit. <laughs> you don't care. Yeah. So I like looking know, at salary cap stuff. You do not couldn't care. Couldn't care less. So the guy who, fought, who does the salary cap stuff on, on Twitter for the Packers, Ken Ingles, he... He released his prediction of 53 men, so I'm, like, looking. He's doing the two deep and the three deep in some spots, and I'm looking at some of the names like, okay, I see what he did there, so you could add a guy here or whatever. There's some of these guys in the, in the not the linebacking court, but the secondary is like, I am not sure that I remember these guys' names getting, getting said or reported on. I don't know who they are. The only thing that I know of, and I told Michael this today, is that 
Uh, Kevin King's not on the roster, predicted 53, because he's not on the team. And that's great, mm. because I finally get to escape that freaking guy being on the team. And that is a good day when the 53-man roster comes and his name ain't on it. That's all. So, preseason is over. Didn't even watch any of the Packers and the Chiefs. I mean, that's the last preseason game. Is, is some of some people play the starters? Packers don't. I mean, the you know the line played a lot of the guys that are looking for special teams and to find a position. They're all in there. Um, like something that I do pay attention to that you might not for the Bears. I'm curious who the third string running back is going to be behind Jones and Dylan because one of them's probably going to get hurt. We're going right. to need the other guy. Right. Um, so I was I was watching. That's a that's a position you care about. You know, I you want who's the, who's the backup quarterback? Mm-hmm. You know, who's the backup uh, corner? How, or who's the third or fourth corner? Like, yeah, that stuff you care about, but you know, so, there's some of that other stuff like these these teams that are cutting punters and shit. Like, whatever. <laughs> well, no, I don't. You know, it doesn't bother me. Go we'll find some fucking New Zealand guy that plays rugby. He'll kick the shit out of the ball. These guys ain't that hard to find. So Tyler Goodson, I think, is the guy from Iowa, and I knew that he was. I mean, he rushed for over a thousand yards at Iowa, and I think he'd be good. And so I'm, I'm thinking that that would be somebody that they might want to keep. But we'll see because Tuesday's cut down day. Um, Jordan Love, I, I didn't watch any of the preseason as much as I love football. That stuff doesn't interest me. I'm not interested in his development until he's the guy. Then show me what you got. Like playing with different lines against backup defenses and, you know, ride receivers that are rookies and stuff like that. I'm looking for the the people who follow the team on the daily basis. You tell me right. how good he looks. For sure, yeah. I don't want to watch that No, stuff. because as, as, especially as I've gotten older, and I'm sure you feel the same way, it's like, wake me up when the shit counts. Right. Because I got other shit to do. Yes, and sometimes I gotta go to work. I gotta deal with my house. You got your your kids, your wife. You like people got families, sick people, and they're like, like I I just don't have time to deal with all this shit. Now, once the season gets going, I'm in. I'm gonna be watching uh, Cowherd. I'm gonna be reading shit. I'm gonna be you know I want to I want to listen to when they're talking about a certain quarterback or whatever. But right now, I, I I'm just not that in. Like, you know, we'll get to it. But you know, like the Steeler quarterback. Controversy. Who's going to start, Trubisky or, or Pickens? I'll find out on opening day. <laughs> and Mike Tomlin, when he was asked about it, he basically said that. You'll find out when we play next. But the There P- you go. I, I, I'm not sure there's any winning position for the Steelers in, as far as that's concerned, but um, I, I couldn't tell you anything that happened in the Packers and the Chiefs game. I really couldn't. Well, it, it just by looking at the numbers – it appeared again that Jordan Love was pretty meh. Yeah. I think he had like a buck 50, no touchdowns, um, about 55-ish percent completion percentage. I don't know how long he played. I would assume at least probably a quarter if he's putting so. up those numbers. Uh, but the Packers only scored 10 points. Um, and like I said, he didn't throw a touchdown. So I think in two of the three games he did not throw a touchdown, which, I look, and again, you're trying to weed through the shit here and, and who's playing for you, who are you playing against, so you have to weigh all that in. I think as an outsider looking in, I would have expected maybe a little more mm-hmm. from him, being it's his third year in the system now. He's got one real NFL start under his belt, so at least he knows kind of 
what it entails. He didn't do anything where people were like, yeah, I'm okay if Rodgers is gone next year, right? I don't think anybody saw from his play. You might feel that for other reasons, but I don't know that anybody saw anything from his play where you're like, yeah, he in another year this dude's going to be ready. Not the whole year, but there were multiple people that worked for different organizations that said, if Rodgers has to miss a game or two, we'll be fine. This is okay. The whole year, I think, might be a different story, mm-hmm. but in the short term, that's fine because, like you had said, you're working with a lot of the rookie wide receivers. You're looking with a lot of working with a lot of the guys that are trying to get time. None of the veterans of the starters, I don't think, played any snaps mm-hmm. during the preseason for the most part, except for the line. Right. I mean, like, no, I, no Bakhtiari, no Cobb, no. I don't think uh, Lazard no played. Watkins. Um, did Tanyan play? No, no Tanya. Nope, no, so Mer- like, <laughs> no Mercedes Lewis. So yeah, I don't like think. six of your top That's offensive no players. Jones, no Dylan, like, right? So I, yeah, it's it's tough to gauge that. But right. like, and like I said, I'm just looking purely at sure. the box score. But like they're they're reading his, they're looking at his checkdowns, his read, his progressions, his footwork. You know, all the stuff where he's taking command of the offense, and they're saying he has a better grasp of things this year, and he's doing the right things where the numbers and the success and the production might not be adding up to where it should be. But if you do all those things and you're on a Sunday, but then again, like you said, well, now you're going to be playing against better players too. You're going to have better players on your side, mm-hmm. but the other side's going to have better players too. So no it's doubt. like, but they, and I, they've been watching football. Well, and they see him, they see him every day. We don't I mean. see, we don't see him every Way day. Way deeper. So yep. if, like if, if they all say that, okay, you're going to be fine for a couple games. If Rogers has to be out, I'm, I can't argue with that. That's fine. I would like a little more ringing endorsement rather than it'll be fine. Sure. But they say he has developed further along each year. And this is in his third, his best so far So that that's where we are and whatever. That's fine with me. Um, how was the, have, have you listened to the entire Joe Rogan podcast? No. Um, it's three hours. That's what Michael told me. Which is just, I mean, Rogan's podcasts are great, but Jesus Christ, they're long. Um, I listened to about the first hour and 20 last night. Okay. I would say, um, and for those of you that don't know, Aaron Rodgers was on Joe Rogan's podcast, I believe Friday. Okay. And, um, the first 20 minutes if you're a Packer fan, really, and you want to hear him talk about football, the first 20 minutes is well worth the listen. Um, he talks about basically the the COVID thing from last year, mm-hmm. and um, it was interesting. And and Rogers is one of those guys that he he has this natural smugness. It's a good way to put it. That even when you feel like you're on board with him, you're kind of like, yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> but when I heard his explanation um, of of how the whole thing went down, I, I do have a lot more sympathy for him. Um, basically, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. He's allergic to something in the vaccine. He told the NFL this before the season he said the Packers knew all of his teammates knew the training staff knew the league knew he said everybody knew that he had not been vaccinated because he had this allergy did he go into specifics about what that was yeah he named it it okay. was like PME I don't know what sure. it stands something for. some very some, something chemical compound yes. okay so he said at the time the only vaccine that he was 
eligible to take that didn't have this certain thing, and it was the Johnson & Johnson one. But if you remember at that time, that, that, that was got the weakest pulled, one. And it got pulled. Oh, okay. So he said he applied for a waiver with the NFL because of this. Um, he, you know, he has a special circumstance, and I guess whatever this thing uh, that he's allergic to, it could cause anaphylactic shock. It could cause clotting. Um, you know, and and taking that and having those possibilities while mm. in an NFL season, bad stuff. Just can't do it. Yeah. And okay, I get that. So he he basically um, tried to get a waiver with the NFL. They declined him, and he said that when he met with the guy in the from the league, the guy in the league said they couldn't give him a waiver because and you, and remember now this is last summer. Mm-hmm. So we know a lot more about all this shit than we did last summer, but people were doing some dumbass shit and making some stupid decisions about this last summer. The NFL told him vaccinated people cannot get or transmit it. This is what this was the NFL's position, which we know now know that that's Rogers says he told the guy. What are you talking about? There are five people in our organization, non-players right now, that are fully vaxxed that are out with COVID. And he said the NFL guy's response to him was, you're a conspiracy theorist. Now, full story, partial story, take it for what you will. Yep. Some of the things that, that the unvaccinated people had to go through, I think was, you know, it was really kind of a, they were shaming them. You know, Rogers said they all had to wear a r- yellow wristband. They had to oh. be they had to be masked at all times. Shades of they, something else, they, right? They couldn't work out in the weight room with the rest of the team. They had to go in individually. He said the unvaccinated guys were tested every day, all year. He said, including the bye week. He said everybody else gets to go do whatever. Those I think he said there was like seven to ten guys that were unvaxed. They had to stay in town. Get um a test every day. He said they would go in, get tested. They would have to go sit in their car for 30 minutes, wait for a phone call or a text from some, from the doctor to tell them they're cleared. Then they could come in, put their mask on, and do their thing. So the only part that I'm still kind of wishy-washy on his explanation. So his he famously, when asked by the media whether he was vaccinated or not, said he was immunized. Correct. His position is that he was immunized because of whatever he was taking in lieu of a vaccination. He said when he told the media that they were immunized, nobody followed up on that question. Nobody said to him, well, what do you mean you're immunized? He said he knew the question was going to be coming to him from the media, and he was prepared for it, and if they had followed up with him, he would have explained to them his situation, but he basically didn't feel it was personal, and he didn't feel like he needed to explain it. Well, it turns out if he had explained it, people probably wouldn't have called him a liar. Right. But he didn't feel like he owed anybody an explanation, and nobody asked him for an explanation. But that seems very it's kind of it's counterintuitive. Very, well, it's very semantical. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like I'm prepared for it, and if they would have asked me a follow-up, which if my memory serves, they did, but then he said, well, that's a little personal choice and whatever, and we're not going to talk about that. So he's he's 
One thing about him that I that I have learned, and I'm sure you learned it long ago, he's very protective of his image and and what people what people's opinions are of him and how he can keep that positively. So I think there's, like you said, take it for what it's worth. There's some probably spin in there, oh, of course, to play the victim, of course, and do all that sort of stuff. That's what where, we do, man. That's what we do these days, you know, especially famous people. So I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to go all in on that whole thing and again there are a lot of details that who knows how many of them can be corroborated by other people i mean this is this is his narrative Mm -hmm. so i'm i'll have to listen to myself and see where how bad the bullshit meter starts flapping i think i I think if you're a football fan and especially if you're a packer fan i think it's like I said, the first 20, 25 minutes is well worth the listen. After that, then it kind of just delves into they're just talking about all kinds of random shit. Um, but, you know, if you want to hear about that stuff, it's right at the beginning of the show. And, uh, you know, my, my opinion of Aaron Rodgers is made up. I've I've watched this guy now for 15 years. Like, what he says on a three-hour podcast is not going to change my decade and a half of, of watching this dude. But, you know... You do, you know, if in fact what he says is the truth, not just his truth, mm-hmm. if it's the truth, then I, un- I I understand where he was coming from and I have a little bit more sympathy for him. But, you know, um, he certainly could have done things differently, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to say I could have done things differently. Right. So. Right. I agree. Okay. So that's that's a brief. So it's on Spotify, right? Is yeah. that, is I think that, that's is that what yeah, it is? I, 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 yeah, he, Rogan used to be on iTunes, but I think he's specifically on Spotify now. Because so the, cause the Barstool guys him. put their stuff on YouTube. Rogan doesn't do that? Not anymore, because I think Spotify paid him a gazillion dollars to keep to, it on their yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right, well. And the video, if you watch it on your phone, the video is on the phone. You can watch the podcast on your phone. Oh, you can? Off of Spotify. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, smoking a couple, couple, they were smoking a couple big old stogies while they were in there. Of course so. they were. Well, usually Rogan's smoking a big old blunt or something, so... Surprise! Well, Rogers could have brought in his whatever the stuff that he does all the time. He could have done that. I ask, well, yeah. that would have been a debacle. Well, of would have been entertaining though. <laughs> Very entertaining. You'd probably have Jordan Love be your starter if that was the case. <laughs> all right, so the Bears three and zero oh in the preseason. Kiss of death. It's the kiss. It's like how many times have the Jets gone four and zero oh or three and zero oh in the preseason and then won two games? It's the kiss of death. Um, you were texting me, and I and I didn't listen to a lot of the radio broadcast, even though I was uh, back at the at the board producing it um, on Saturday night. But you were you texted me yesterday, said that you know that was the first part of the Bears you watched, and and Fields had looked pretty good. Or, I didn't. Or, or, I didn't watch did it. Not watch? I didn't okay. watch any. No, I just read about it, and yeah, he had like 160 yards, three three touchdown passes. Um, I think he was like 11 for 14. So a good game. You know, mm-hmm. um, a good game for him. Again, don't know who Cleveland had on the field defensively. Right. Um, but I, I just, I think they, the, even though the 3-0 doesn't matter in the least, no. I think it's nice for this new group that they have in there to have a little positive momentum going into the season. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks they're going to be any good. Um, I don't think... They're going to be any good, but I don't think they're going to be as bad. I've heard people say they might be one of the two or three worst teams in the league. I think that's ridiculous. I just do as well. I think when you look at their schedule, there's a really good chance they could win six to eight games. Okay. I, I'm not saying they're good. 
I am not saying they're a good team, but you look at the schedule and who they play where and when. I mean, they play they could be like three and one to start the season. They play the Niners, the Packers, the Texans, and the Giants. You beat the Niners with Trey Lance. We don't know what Trey Lance is gonna Correct. be. You lose to the Packers. Houston's awful. The Giants are no good. They could legitimately be three and oh, three and one. But they're no good. It's just they played three shitty, or, you know, two shitty teams and a new quarterback. How long did it take for us last year to figure out who's good and who's bad? It seems like it took about three quarters of the season, didn't it? It took a while. Yeah. Right? Well, we didn't even really know if Cincinnati was any good. Right. But and they I, made the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I just remember us going through those those matchups after half the season was gone, and it was like I don't know if they're good or not. Well, like Kansas City was supposed to be good, and then they were kind of a mess, and then they kind of figured it out, and the Rams went through some shit, and Tampa, everybody was hurt. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to be that different. I don't see anybody. I mean, everybody's kind of anointing Buffalo. Yeah. But now they got some. But look, I like Josh Allen as much as anybody, but it's like, well, they won one playoff game. I mean, okay. All right. I mean, you got to start somewhere, yeah. I guess. But yeah, no, you're right. The Bengals didn't start somewhere. They just went to the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, the only thing that I've paid attention to, well, I've, I've paid attention to a couple of things. I've, I've been watching the Tevin Jenkins thing, him bounce around, like get demoted and demoted again, and then be shuffled around positions. And all of a sudden, he's one of their starting right guards, and they're saying, this guy's good at that position. And. I'm like, okay, good for, like, that's a feel-good story for me, even though I'm not a Bears fan. It's like, okay, good for that guy. Because yeah. he's been gone, he's gone through some shit the last couple of years, and now he seemingly has found a spot that will fit where he can benefit the team and could justify the team picking him, even though he's had an injury history. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they might have found a home for him at right guard, at right tackle. is. Uh, it sounds like the starter is going to be Larry Borum, who is... I think they're fourth round pick last year. So if those two guys pan out, now you've got the right side of your line shoring up here for the next four or five years. You just gotta work on that important blind side. Right. That's that's kind of you know, the left is kind of where the money is. Um who did they sign that came right in and started is gonna start there? I don't remember. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I, um Okay. But uh no, I mean it's nice to see I I think there's a couple guys on the Bears that have a chance to kind of break out a little bit this year. I think Cole Komet has a chance to become a, a middle of the pack to, you know, borderline top 10 tight end this year mm-hmm. because I think he's going to be a huge safety valve for fields. And he's had a really good preseason. I've heard a lot of good things, read a lot of good things about him out of camp. I think he's in year three. So this is kind of when... A lot of these guys, either they figure it out or they don't. It appears like he's starting to figure some stuff out, so that would be really nice. And then um, Khalil Herbert, the backup to David Montgomery, who when Montgomery was out last year, Herbert was really good. And, you know, in in the NFL these days, you really got to have that, you know, you got to have your second back be actually good. Mm -hmm. It's not so much like, well, you know, he can come in on third down and, you know, maybe block or go out for a screen pass. Like, no, these guys got to be able to play now. And I think the Bears got a nice little two-headed monster there. Um, so that's encouraging. Roquan Smith um, didn't play at all 
I think you reported this yep. morning something about his leg. Tightness. Tightness, They yeah. didn't say even what part of the body or whatever, but they just said they were going to keep him out. Yeah. Well, and, and and look, whatever. I'm fine. Dude, I, I, dude's going to get out there in week one, and he's still going to be him. Yeah, just, you just fear with guys like that, that week one injury. Right, because that, you that haven't torn done hand, That torn, torn pack, torn hammy, where it's like, dude's out for the year, week one. Yeah. That's that's why because you haven't been doing anything for five weeks, right? Six weeks, however long camp has been. No, I I totally agree with you. And it sounds like Jack Sanborn's going to make the roster. I have heard his name a lot, and yeah. people seem to really like him because the dude flies around. I think he's got a couple picks in the preseason as well. You know, at least one forced and recovered fumble. So, so he, if nothing else, I mean, he'll be a special teamer for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, in a pinch, I think they're. From what they've seen, it sounds like they'd be uh, confident with him going. I didn't realize he's actually from Lake Zurich. Correct. So that yep. he's really playing Local for his guy. hometown mm-hmm. hometown team. So good for him. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got uh, about a week and a half, a little more than so a week from Thursday, I think, the season starts. Um, and yeah. 10 days away. I am not. <sighs> Baker Mayfield's going to start in Carolina. Darnold had to leave on a cart due to an injury. Didn't they say that Mayfield was going to win that job anyway? Probably. Look, I've heard everything I've heard and read. He's been really good. Change of scenery. Well, that could be a theme. Change of scenery, change of fan base. Yeah. Change of organizational structure, I, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think going to a place like Carolina is going to be really start. good for him. Yeah. It's a, it's a passionate football fan base, but they're not, not psychotic. Cleveland is a little crazy, you know. Yes. They're 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 a starving old franchise, and as soon as you don't work out, they turn on you. That's how that works. Yeah, and they're, and, they're desperate to have success over there that and, they don't. Yeah, and the next guy here on the list is you could say the same thing, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, it sounds like he's going to start Week One in Pittsburgh. I watched one full drive. Of preseason football. <laughs> and it was yesterday. In three weeks? Yep. It was yesterday, about 3.30. I think the Brewers had just gotten over. Steelers and Lions, Steelers right? Steelers and Lions yes. were on. I flicked it on. I watched Trubisky's two-minute drill at the end of the first half. He looked like fucking John Elway. He was back shoulder throwing guys in the on the on the boundary, in the middle of the field. Um, I think he went 7 for 7, 83 yards in like a minute 10 for a touchdown. I had never seen that before out of him. And it just I'm just sitting there watching that and I'm like man and we talked about I, I talked about it with some buddies. We had our fantasy football draft. We talked about this for a long time the other night. Like your situation and where you go and who your coach is is really like ninety five percent of how your career pans out. Your talent is it's, it matters. Everybody's got talent, but you need to be in the oh. right scheme with the right coach who wants to do the right things and use those skills that you who have. You, who would you athlete. rather play football for if you're a well, – forget forget position. Who would you rather play football for, Mike Tomlin or Matt Nagy? Who do you think gives you a better chance to win? Okay. It's not even close. If you're a Kansas City Chief and Nagy has been part of that coaching staff and learning under Reed and whatever, and you ask one of those guys – I think they would yeah, still but he's, say, but he's not calling the shots. I understand that, but he's responsible for a lot of the offense, at least he was at the time, before he came to Chicago. So it's like they would probably say, well, that Matt Nagy's a genius. 
I would be curious about their opinion after Nagy's experience in Chicago and watching things be like, maybe he wasn't as smart as we thought. Well, and and do they say, actually, no, actually, Andy Reid's the genius. Because <laughs> he's the one actually well running the offense. Could very know? well do that. But the answer to your question is obviously Mike Tomlin. Yeah, yeah. But, obviously. But, you know, and, and it sounds like um, Kenny Pickett's played well, too. So um, Trubisky getting the nod here may only be for a week or two. You know, if Steelers start out 0-2, he's, he's getting yanked. Oh, for sure. So it's a short leash. I I hope he does well. I I have no ill will with Trubisky. I think he, I think he was dealt a rotten hand in Chicago, and he was doomed to fail the day he got there. I don't think there was anything he could have done other than being, you know, damn close to Superman that he was going to be able to get through that shit with Nagy. It just sure. it just wasn't going to happen. So I wish him the best. Did you? I mean, I and I didn't pay to pay attention to a ton of preseason football. I didn't see a lot of big names mentioned, so it didn't seem like a lot of starters got a whole lot of playing time, at least, at least enough to matter. So you didn't see a whole lot of preseason injuries to the point where stars were impacted, where it's like, this is going to cripple this offense, or he's going to be missing on a big part of this defense. It's like You never heard any of the big names go down where it's like, oh, my God, the preseason is terrible and whatever. Yeah. That was kind of avoided this year. Right. I mean, Darnold That's is probably it. one of the big – well, that yeah. and the guy that got shot in Washington this morning, the running what, back. What the hell yeah, is well, going on there? Nice city they got there. Well. Um, but – yeah, I mean, and it's kind of refreshing. Usually, that's one. Of, that's when you play fantasy football. Like you're living and dying with that Monday right. injury, injury report in the preseason. And, because yep. you know, if you dra- if you have your draft early, you could get royally Ab- screwed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know anything about that Washington running back situation. Just except- he got shot in a, an apparent carjacking. Well, what morning. did I read also afterwards that it's like, yeah, they think he's going to play before the end of the year, or halfway through the year. It's like. What? Okay, great, good for him, but man, come on. Um, and the thing with the Bills punter that just came out of nowhere, and how Buffalo yeah, reacted and, very and quickly. Yeah, and like he was like the punt guy. He was like one of the darlings of preseason because he was kicking these seventy-five yard punts and shit. Nobody wants to attach their name to him. Like he's a star quarterback. Or are we singing a different tune? Yeah, yeah. Shows you what. Star power and position power oh. will do in the league. Yeah, I heard somebody say um, if he was a white quarterback, this would be different. I'm like, no, just quarterback. You just no, I had nothing to do. Deshaun Watson's just, not a white quarterback. Going to say people are going to bat for him left and right, trying to trying to save his career. So don't give me that. It's the position, right? Punters. We just, I I just talked about it. You can go find these guys anywhere. These guys in rugby or in Australia, New Zealand, they can kick the shit out of a ball. You know, so. <laughs> Not a, not a huge huge loss there, but hopefully, yeah. I mean, hopefully the allegations are not true because if they are, that's pretty horrific shit. It's very. It sounds very very terrible. So um, involving a, a minor too. Yeah, not good. No. Um, so next week is the week before the or the starts the week of the regular season. So after Labor Day. Um, yeah, we'll have to get our picks we'll in. We'll have to make some picks. And I printed out the... Uh, see how terrible that is. I printed out a couple. I found a nice spreadsheet that's got the entire league schedule, and it's got you know every team on the left and then their schedule going across. So nice. Pretty easy to navigate. Okay. I can see 
you know, who'd you play the week before? Are you on a long road trip? Because in the past when I've done this and looked at the whole year, I'm just kind of going week by week, and mm-hmm. I can't remember that the Niners had just gone east two weeks in a row or whatever. So okay. maybe I'll be a little bit more accurate. Probably not. <laughs> now it'll probably be worse. At least because, you know that about yeah, Because now I'll overthink it. <laughs> All right, well, we'll do that next week. Dude, like, I'll, I'll Craig counsel the shit out of this. <laughs> Just overmanage like a bastard. Do you know who the Thursday matchup is? Buffalo and the Rams. That's a good matchup. That's a good matchup. Good yeah. matchup to start. That's And that's probably going to be one of the best Thursday. Probably the best Thursday matchup all season, I would think. Because Thursdays are generally bad. Yeah. Yeah, they're not but, great. Well, it'll be interesting this year because I think Amazon has it, right? Well, maybe they didn't want to pay for a shit product. So, like, you got to give might. us better Thursday games. They might. I haven't. I haven't looked at that. No, I haven't either. Well, I'll see. I haven't either. All right. Um, on the college football, there were 11 games, and yes, I was excited about every single one of How them. How many did you watch? Thank you. Two. Yeah. Two or three. Um, I wound up watching a little Hawaii Vanderbilt late because um, they didn't kick off until, I think, like maybe 8, 30, 9, 8, 8 o'clock, something like that. Um, and Hawaii was up on them early, and then Vandy put them away. But I watched most of the Northwestern Nebraska game in Dublin. And my wife was just incredulous because I had it on and I was on the couch and she was going back and forth and doing shit. And she's like, why are the seats all green? Like, why are, what are those flags that throw in? Like, they're in Ireland. She's, what? Like, they're playing in Ireland. Ireland, yeah. What? Like, it it just couldn't sink in that that's what they were doing. And The like, country. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, the most fascinating thing to me was not the game that Northwestern was a double-digit underdog and they beat Nebraska, which I loved and most of the Big Ten loved, by the way. Which I just think, which I said to my dad this morning when we were... That's so Nebraska. I don't understand that, but okay, anyway. But that's just so Nebraska because they they continue to think they're going to come in and blow everybody's doors off and what have they done? Nothing. It's old school arrogance. And it, now Northwestern, the, a double digit underdog, comes in and beats them in week one. And it's just like, we're off and running because we know college football's here. No, it was the fact that the stadium, the internet went out and they gave away alcohol. Yeah. In Ireland. I know. I read that. Like, never have I ever wanted to be at a college football game more. Right. But then I saw the picture inside of what the concourse looked like debacle oh my god you couldn't move it's just like fifty thousand peter griffins in there just (laughs) it was like legends at one o'clock in the morning Uh, when we were in our 20s gotta go and it was you couldn't move only magnify that times 50 100 yeah it's like wait a minute free alcohol every nobody's watching the game everybody was in the concourse wanting booze that's how makes sense so um, I thought Northwestern looked pretty good. I thought their running back looked pretty good. I thought their quarterback looked pretty good. Uh, Nebraska's got a dude. Dude, um, he made I, – I I had it on when I got home from work. I just threw it on, and I was doing some stuff around the house. And Like, Nebraska's quarterback made one of the worst plays, but it was <laughs> an awesome play. Yeah. Like, he was scrambling around, and he was running to the sideline, and then he stops, and there's a dude right next to him, and he, like, twirls around and just threw it. And then, but there was a guy down there and he caught it. And I was just like, dude, that's the worst quarterback play I think I've ever seen. But it, I mean, it worked. That happened to work it out. It worked. <laughs> Jesus. I'm I'm glad college football is back, though. I, I will say, I'm, I, I really am. Badgers play this weekend. I don't know what the line is against Illinois State. 
It's the Redbirds. I'm really excited to see how Keanu does. I saw at the beginning of this of, of camp, Kuiper had him rated his eighth best defensive tackle uh, position-wise, and then I saw McShay's list last week, and he had him as his second best defensive tackle. So dude's getting some pub, and he's one of the captains. Um, and I just love the fact that I that I know his family and we're on great terms. And, you know, we did the interview with the Gazette a couple of years ago, and he lives a couple houses down from me. And I see football players just coming and going. I mean, it's, it's just a cool thing to have a local guy get that much notoriety heading into the season. And I just I absolutely hope for the best. I, I hope he kicks ass. I hope he stays healthy and doesn't get injured. Um, and I'm really curious to see how – he does, and when his name is called in April, because it sounds like he's well, got a really good future. Yeah, in front I mean, of him. we've only had a handful of professional athletes ever come out of Janesville, so right. yeah, to be on that short list is pretty impressive. I think it's awesome. So, and then there's news just about today that Chase Wolf uh, uh, tore his meniscus, and he's done for the season. So there were people clamoring last year to bench Mertz, and then you got a little taste of Chase Wolf, and he was not good. Not that guy. Um, and now some guy named Deacon Hill is the backup, and sounds like the kid from Franklin that you said before we started recording is now elevated to the to the third guy, not that he's probably going to see the field at all. Well, again, it's um, like you, if he is, you're in trouble. Well, of course. Right? Unless he comes out and he, he could be spectacular. You never know. You the odds are you not don't. good. Right. The odds are not good, but, he, I mean, you never know. But this is... It's unfortunate for Chase because I know people were clamoring to see him, but that was more out of a hatred of Mertz than anything else. But, um, no, I'm glad. Well, everybody always loves the backup quarterback. Of course they do. You know? Of course they do. Um, so I'm I'm glad college football st- is starting. Um, you know, we got our, our Whitewater stuff. Warhawks are ranked fourth in the country. St. John's is fifth, and we're going up there to Collegeville on Saturday. We're leaving at 5 o'clock in the morning, and it's – uh, I'm I'm really excited to see. We're talking to the coach on Wednesday. We're going to talk to a player. We had media day last week, and um, I'm 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 really pumped uh, for for college football Saturdays. I really am. So yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be yes. fun to throw you on on a Saturday yeah. when I'm just yep. dinking around the house or mowing the grass or something. Yep. Or hopefully we don't know. embarrass ourselves. Well, That's, you will. Thank you. But. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to switch to baseball? How's Josh Hader doing? Well. Not, I mean, I, not I, well. I know that's down on the list, but not well. Man, it seems like that has not worked out well for anybody. No, no. Um, and yeah, you can't get anybody out. No. I mean, he's pitched like twelve in, or he's pitched like seven innings. He's given up like twelve runs, twelve walks. Can't get anybody out. What do you think that is? Is now he's just facing better guy? I mean, well, I think it's mechanic. I think there's, I think there's a, there's an issue with his mechanics. Okay. Maybe tipping pitches. Something like that. Sounds like the Brewers kind of knew that, and they didn't think that they could fix him this year. Which, I mean, that's a you can't fix you can't fix a mechanical issue in sixty why, days. Why do you have a pitching coach? Then? Yeah, I I don't know. Well, whatever. That's, okay. I guess. But um, yeah, it's you know. And look, I don't know. You know, we talked about it before. He had some issues with his wife's pregnancy. Sounds like everything ended up being okay. I don't know if they're out there with him. I don't know if they're still in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, is is something there affecting? Because ever since he took that leave of absence, he never really was the same. And I got to think that, you know, I mean, there's probably some kind of correlation there that sure. maybe 
Maybe the mental affected the physical. Anymore, right? And something got out of whack there. I don't know. I think he's just too damn good of a player to not figure this out. Might not figure it out this year. And look, we, we said it before. Other than Mariano Rivera, this has happened to every closer ever. Ever. Happened to Billy Wagner. It happened to Eckersley. It's happened to Lee Smith. I mean, this is what happens to these guys. I mean, Kimbrell on the Dodgers, like, the Cubs couldn't get rid of him fast enough a couple of years ago, and he, he was terrible. And then he goes to, like, the the Red Sox, and he's great. He's pitching in the World Series, and now he's on the Dodgers, and he's really good again. So this stuff goes up and down. Um, I just think Hayter's too talented, and, and he's still young. I think he'll figure it out. Might not be on the Padres. I don't know. They may cut their losses at the end of say, the year. I, I, somebody you know. will pay him, though. And I'm not sure where he is at contractually. Does he go to arbitration again? I thought he had another year, because and that's now, why he was due for a big jump. Yeah. And then after that, he was going to be due a big contract. Because now I would think his number would not go up much, if at all. So. I don't think so. But. All right, back to the Brewers. Um, they're six games back of the Cardinals. Uh, I, I said at the time when they lost that lead, I don't think they're getting it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, that's been fairly accurate, but only because St. Louis is, they just seem to be really good. Well, they're hot. Yeah. Well, first of all, they have the two best offensive players in the division. Arenado and Goldschmidt, and, and they say Goldschmidt is a shoe-in for the MVP. Yeah, I mean, it's not even really close. Um, and they have some other... They have some other good bats. Oh my God, yes! And then they this have, new bar kid looks phenomenal. Well, and they improved their starting. Their, their weakness was their starting pitching, and they went out and they got Quintana, and they got Montgomery from, from the Montgomery, Yankees, yeah. and those guys have been a big addition for them. Takes a lot of pressure off, um, you know, Wainwright and and some of these other guys that they got out there, and um, you know, you I hate them, but <laughs> you you know you tip your hat as Pedro would say, you tip your hat and call them your daddy. I mean. They're going to win the division, and I yes. think they're going to win it going away. Yes. I'm really disappointed. I'm glad they won the last game of the series against the Cubs, but I'm really disappointed that they lost the season series. That's That should not well, happen. Yeah, that's that's an ugly that's an ugly stat. That should not happen. No. It just shouldn't. No, I, I mean. Was, I think it was 9-8. I think going I think. into this series this weekend, they were like 1-9 in, um, in their last 10 games against the Pirates, Reds, and Cubs, something like that. So, um you know, they're only a game and a half out of the wild card race. They're behind San Diego. That's the it's, thirds, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really between one of those two teams is going to make the playoffs because Atlanta is way ahead of all the other wild card mm-hmm. teams. They're going to make it. It looks like the Phillies are probably going to stay in that second spot. Um, it's just a matter of can the Padres hold the Brewers off. Um, the Brewers have a pretty favorable schedule here the next couple weeks. Um, three uh, this week versus Pittsburgh. Four at Arizona. Arizona stinks. Um, they play Arizona again later on. They still got the Reds again. They play at the Rockies after they this. They play at the Rockies after this. They're not very good. You know, they they still got the Cardinals. They still got the Yankees. So there's some tough ones mixed in there. But the schedule down the stretch for the Brewers is pretty favorable. And, and a lot of them are at home. Let's hope so. so. Let's hope so. Um, what else you got? Back to the hater stuff. Well, um yeah. Lauer was uh, was a little bit vocal about some things. Yeah, Eric Lauer was asked, well, now this is about a week old, but he was basically asked about the hater trade and, excuse me, how the clubhouse felt about it. 
And his comments were not great for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you a couple of okay. them here because I couldn't remember them all because it was too far away ago, and I have a terrible short-term memory for <laughs> reasons. He says there was a shock factor to it. Everyone was taken aback by it a little bit. As far as who we have in the clubhouse and what we have here, I don't think we're in any worse position to win as many games. The only thing I can think of was from the top down, it seemed like there was this weird behind-the-scenes message that was sent that a lot of people didn't jive with. I personally wasn't a huge fan of the way they described it to the public. I'm not trying to just get a bunch of bites at the apple, especially if things are going the way they are, the way the Brewers have historically traded players before paying guys. I don't know how many bites of the apple we can take in the next few years. We're not going to be able to afford a lot of guys in this room. But it's not my decision to make. My job is to play baseball and do the best I can. What is more revealing is how Lauer characterized management's attitude towards the ripple effect that the trade had, uh, in, had in the clubhouse. He accused them of failing to communicate with players and brushing the issue aside. He said... Afterward, there was no communication to the clubhouse about what changed in the clubhouse. It's kind of like it was just shrugged off. So a lot of those things are kind of what we touched on when the trade happened. Um, It was not well received in the clubhouse. It appeared that management took an an attitude of grow up, and the players are kind of like, no, man, that's not how it works. You know, you know, you preach family, you preach togetherness, you preach team, 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 and then you're just like, ah, well, screw that guy. Right. You know, so that's, as a player, that's that's a little tough to swallow. And, you know, um, Todd Rosiak wrote an article in the Journal Sentinel about this, and he put it up on Twitter and, and kind of asked for uh, reactions to it. And I have to say, it was one of the better Twitter threads of, a, of fans I've ever read. That's a shock. There wasn't a lot of snark. Um, a lot of people talked about there's just a disconnect with this team. There's not a lot of guys that we know that well, that we like a lot. Um, they talked about, you know, they talked about the stadium experience and shit's too expensive and yada, yada, yada. That's, that's a discussion for another day. Um, but, you know, and we talked about it before coming on, even the, even the radio and television broadcasts, they, and a lot of people blamed this. They blamed Bally's especially. They said, and you dealt with this. Oh, hell yes. With, with Bally's taking over for Fox Sports, depending on what provider you had for cable dictated whether or not you could even watch the game. Yes. And a lot of people lost the ability to watch the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And... Let's just be honest here. If Euchre's not calling the game on the radio, I'm probably not listening to the radio. Levering's okay. Lane Grindle's meh. And the third guy whose name I don't know could be my dog. He's just he's not good. I'm not it's it's not it's not as good of a product as it was five years ago. Same thing with the TV. Sometimes it's BA and Rock. Sometimes it's B.A. and Dillard. Sometimes it's Levering and Rock. Sometimes it's Levering and Dillard. Sometimes it's B.A. and this guy that he was doing the games with in L.A. who I don't even know who it was. At the desk, sometimes it's Kashan. Sometimes it's this Watson guy. Sometimes Rotino's there. Sometimes Dillard's there. 
kind of just want a couple people. You know, I kind of just, you know, when I watch these games and I'm and I'm watching the local team, I want I want the homerism. It's why when the Bucks are on ESPN on a Wednesday night in December, I'm watching Lisa Byington and Marcus. I'm not. Well, I'm not. I don't. I don't really care what Mark Jones and Doris have to say. I, I just don't because they don't watch the Bucks right. every week and every night and follow and keep up with the team like the Homer guy does. So, but I also want to have a little comfort there and know who I'm listening to. And I, I have a little personal disconnect with that right now. So I don't think the, the production product is as good. I don't think there's a lot of guys on this team you can wrap your arms around. I think we all really want to wrap our arms around Christian Yelich. And he hit two home runs this weekend in the Cubs series. And I want it to be a big deal, but I don't know that it is. Um, you know, Rowdy Telez, yeah, I like him, but he's a cast off. They got him they got him for a bag of socks. You know, Colton Wong. Seems like a nice guy. He's a fucking cardinal. End you of know, his career. Hunter Renfro, is he even going to be on the team next year? 50-50. You know, Willie Adamas, I mean, if Arcia drove you nuts, I don't know how Willie Adamas doesn't drive you nuts. He produces more, but all the other crap, I'm just not really about it. Um, I'd like to like Hira, but they won't play him more than like two days in a row for some reason. So... I don't know, man. It's our, our our buddy Joe that works for the team. I told him on Saturday morning, we were texting back and forth. I said, I think it's time to bring up one of the AAA guys. I think I need to see Mitchell or Freilich or Weimer. Um, we've been hearing about these guys for years. You guys drafted them. You guys developed them. Just in, from a PR standpoint, I'd like to see it. What happens? Oh, of course, my boy Joe doesn't tell me, give me any hint. And then I see later that day, they brought up Garrett Mitchell. So I was very happy about that. Cool to see him get in Saturday night. He got to start in center yesterday, came up with a big RBI single, drove in two runs. That's cool. That, as a Brewer fan, those are the guys you want to wrap your arms around and cheer for. Him. Freilich, hopefully in a couple years, that Jackson Chorio kid who's mm-hmm. like the number two prospect in baseball. That's why everybody loves Burns. That's why people love Woodruff. That's why we loved Hater. I mean, look, I get it. Hater was traded to the Brewers, but he came up through your system. Correct. You know? So, I don't know. It, it, it was I was very surprised that Lauer was that outspoken. Um, but maybe he's was the designated guy. I, I, I don't know the dynamic of who the leader of that clubhouse is. Yeah, I mean, I want to hear. You know, I mean, you would say, like, well, McCutcheon's, McCutcheon's only been there for six months. He doesn't he know. He can't talk about, no. you know, he can't. He played in Pittsburgh. This has got to be, like, fucking great America for him. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I would want to hear. I want to hear more from players, and it doesn't have to be as outspoken. It can be just as... Just as simple as a little sidebar quip or a little a little sure, comment here sure. or there. I want to hear just more so that I get a majority feel rather than just a guy here or a guy there. Because there are guys in the locker room who can feel very differently than than their counterparts. But I want to hear that this is a 
a unified collective point of view from the clubhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think you have to factor in two. I I think pitchers and position players is a little bit like offense and defense in football. Sure. Where like the pitchers care and were a lot closer to Josh Hader than probably Victor Caratini or Colton Wong. So there's more investment there. You spend more time with these people. So maybe Lauer was maybe speaking more for those 11 guys than the other 14 guys. I don't know. Right. I don't know. But, um, you know, the Brewers got a chance here this week to make up some ground. I said I thought they needed to go 9-4 and four in that four-game little tryst with the Cubs and the Dodgers. They went... Six and seven. Yeah. So they got a little work to do. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, you want to, we're closing in on the hour, Mark. You want to blow through yeah. some, some, uh, some baseball stuff? Um, Yankees still leading the ALE 78 and 50. They're seven and a half games up on Tampa. Uh, Houston now with the best Man. record in the American League, 82 and 47. Um, they are 11 and a half games up on Seattle. Cleveland is two games up on Minnesota, and I think they're like five games up on the White Sox. White Sox, I think, are done. They're fading, yeah. Um, right now, Tampa and Seattle are are in the top two wild card spots. Toronto and Baltimore are within a game of each other. Kind of bad. It'd be kind of cool to see Baltimore sneak in there. I mean, they've been I agree absolutely atrocious the last couple of years, and that's mm-hmm. a you know that's a hell of a baseball town when they're when they're rolling right. So that'd be kind of cool. And at least. I was a little surprised when I saw it. Mets are eighty-two and forty-seven, but they're only three games up on Atlanta. Atlanta's really good again. Um, the Dodgers are eighty-eight and thirty-eight. They're <laughs> nineteen and a half games ahead of San Diego. I saw that. And San Diego, it's not like San Diego stinks. T- no, no, you're not playing the Sisters of the Poor. So as we said, Atlanta looks like a shoe in for the number one wild card spot. The Phillies are two games ahead of the Padres. The Padres are a game and a half ahead of the Brewers. So still a little work to do. I'm wondering if Atlanta, if if they can catch the Mets, oh, I three. And, and I guarantee they probably play him six or eight times here in the next five weeks. Right. So yeah, that's all that's left. Of or the they're season. going to play, or, and the Phillies are going to be in the mix too. That's why it's hard sometimes now with the way baseball does their schedule, mm-hmm. where you sit there and you go, "Oh man, you know, Brewers are only a game or a game and a half behind the Padres and the Phillies and the and the Braves." But it's like, well, yeah, but the Braves got to play the Phillies and the Mets. The Padres probably got to play the Dodgers six more times. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to lose most of those games, so you might even be able to make up some games yeah, if you're maybe. not even playing that well. Yeah, that's true. All right, um, I, I didn't pay attention to much of the Durant stuff, and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll switch to the NBA. I did I did see that uh, the Giannis and and Jokic matchup with Greece and Serbia, and Giannis put up what was it the most points. And a qualifying game for somebody, I I yeah, don't forty. Yeah, I don't remember the the specification of the category that that he did, but I know it was a record for him. But Serbia beat his team. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I guess I haven't really been paying a, too much attention to the Euro basket stuff over there. Well, the main story is that KD and Brooklyn have decided to work together, and he's going to stay. Um, okay. I mean, this was just such a bad look for the league. I think it's been a, you know, the Kevin Durant apologists are always going to be the Kevin Durant apologists, but this Durant looks really bad here. Um, you know, you sign a four-year, $200 million extension before it even kicks in, you're demanding out. 
<laughs> I mean, could you be any classless? Right. Um, I love the fact that the, the Brooklyn owner didn't blink. So, and sometimes I think, and I think we're going to see more of this, I think the players and their representatives right now think they're so smart. I think sometimes people forget that um, these guys that own the teams, they didn't all just have rich daddies. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys, this is their own fortunes that they worked for. You know, like the guy that owns the Cavs created uh, Quicken. Yeah, right. You know, the guy that owns, um, well, the guys that own the Bucks are venture capitalist yep. guys. You know, the guy that owns uh, Brooklyn, he owns like the the Amazon in China. These aren't stupid people, so you're gonna try to you're gonna try to tell a billionaire what to do. You can, it's hard enough to tell a millionaire what to do. You certainly can't tell a billionaire. Probably what to not. Do. Um, and there will be a day of re- the day of reckoning for these guys is coming. I've talked about it a couple times, Briar. When the next collective bargaining agreement is up, they're gonna get hammered. Um, but at the same time, it sounds like that the media rights are set to expire here in the next couple years. And um, I think in five to seven years, we will see our first million-dollar-a-year NBA player. Could be Ja, could be Luka, could be, you know, Chet Holmgren, could be a, a kid who's in high school right now. But we're going to – it's coming. I mean, we've already got guys at 50. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, like – a seven to eight billion dollar jump in the media money that oh, man. gets dispersed. Yes, I mean so it eventually is going to go to these players, and you know not only are you going to, I just wonder are you are you going to have a hundred million dollar player and then five million dollar players? Yeah, what's or is or is everything going to go up? How's that going to work? But um, yeah, are the, is is the top level going to keep getting higher and the bottom level going to keep getting lower? I don't know. Are we going to have the big and how much does that? You know, if you're having a million dollar player, how does that work with a cap? There's that's all to be determined. But you know, we'll we'll. I don't want to get too much into the right. rant thing. I'm just kind of bored with it. Um, <laughs> but the Euro basket is fun. I really enjoy watching. Is there a lot of coverage? European basketball? It's no. I know it's on ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, um, everything, if you have a scre- streaming subscription, you can find there. Yeah, yeah. But not a whole lot of people, I get the feeling, have that. I don't know if NBA TV is going to be playing any. Uh, maybe they'll have replays on. Uh, but I, I really enjoy watching that. It's a different kind of basketball than what we see here. Um, Luka, Giannis, Jokic, and Gobert are probably the four top players in it. Pretty good guys. I mean, you're talking Luka, Giannis, and Jokic. You're talking three of the top five players in the league. Um, the potential number one pick next year, this kid, Victor, like, Wembayama or something. He's French. <laughs> he's like a seven-foot-three Giannis is what they're comparing wow. him to. Um, but, yeah, Gre- Greece is in Group C with Croatia, Estonia, England, Italy, and Ukraine. Apparently, Ukraine can still play hoops. I was just going to say, where are they playing Greece should win that. Croatia is probably their biggest test. Um, Greece isn't a isn't a real deep team after Giannis. Um, they got a couple guys that have had cups of coffee in the NF, in the NBA. Um, Thanasis being one. Okay. Giannis's uh, younger brother Kostas is also mm-hmm. on the team. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, Giannis had 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists the other day against Jokic in Serbia when they lost. He set the record for points in a Eurobasket qualifying game, as you said. Um, so yeah, if you, if you get a chance to watch any of this, um, it's pretty cool stuff. And obviously there's excellent players in it. There's guys over in Europe that are really good players. Mm-hmm. That, you know, a lot of them just don't want to play in the NBA. They don't want to live here. You know, they just they, don't want to live in no, the United States. No, well, I mean, if a guy's from Spain and he's making five million bucks, like, why do I want to go play in Portland for six million? I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just wondering what the measuring stick is. How popular Euro basketball is over oh, there? It's, compar- it's mammoth, comparative it's to mammoth. how the end. So it's bigger over there it's, it's not, than the NBA is over here. No, but it's huge. Okay, it's the only thing it's not bigger than is soccer. Okay, so it's it's big time All over right. there, but. Um, yeah, this this tournament basically goes until about a week or so before camp opens. Oh, so wow. if you have any um, NBA futures bets in mind, Luka for MVP, the odds will not be great. Wouldn't mind throwing a, throwing a bone on there because the last couple of years he's come in out of shape and kind of worked his way into shape as now, the season's gone on. He's going to be in shape. Right. Giannis is going to be in shape and ready to go. My fear with Giannis is worn down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um but the Bucks have been pretty good about that with his um preseason stuff. Yeah, well, and just he only plays 32 minutes a game. He's not playing 40, so um but yeah, like I said, if you get a chance to check it out, All right. do so. We'll do. Um, sticking with Giannis, uh, once again, more disrespect, uh, Gilbert Arenas, former all-star guard for the Wizards, also former, uh, bring the gun into the locker room. In sweatpants, in right? sweatpants for the Wizards. Yes. He has a podcast, like all these guys do now, and he took some shots at Giannis, um, basically said he has not gotten any better since he got into the league. Um, he's just gotten bigger and stronger. And he doesn't know how to win or take care of his body. What? And it's like, dude, he just won a title, and he's probably the most cut guy in the league. What the fuck are you talking about? But again, with these current and former, re- like, it's weird. The older NBA guys, like the Shaq, Barkley, Magic, Bird, like that era guys, they love Giannis. The guys that have retired in the last, like, two to eight years, and then, like, the older current players, they seem to be the ones that don't love Giannis. Why? Because that this generation has an obsession with, quote-unquote, skill. And what I mean by that is, like, if you ask, like, Kyrie Irving is your favorite NBA player's favorite NBA player. Because he can do all this shit with the basketball that nobody else can do. He can do all these fancy moves, and he's only 6'2", and he can get in the lane, and he can throw it up and spin it off the glass and finish over and under guys, and, and that amazes Kevin Durant because he can't do that. And then you get a guy like Kevin Durant who can do all these things with the ball at 7 foot, and he can shoot fadeaway threes, and, and everybody oohs and ahs, and we've never seen anything like that before. But Giannis doesn't do that stuff. Giannis is power. Giannis is athleticism and speed and power. Much like LeBron James, I will have you know. LeBron James, like, 
What's his move? What is it? It's like putting his shoulder into your chest and getting to the rim. That's his move. So I don't understand why Giannis takes shit for that and and Chris Broussard, who's a longtime NBA reporter, he's on uh, Fox Sports, has his own podcast. He was talking about it the other day, and he's like, nobody gave Kareem shit because he wasn't hitting 18-footers. Nobody was giving Shaq shit because he didn't shoot threes. Why in the hell do people seem to keep giving Giannis all this grief because he doesn't shoot threes and have a pretty jumper? He's not Dirk. But if you asked Dirk, hey, Dirk, would you like to be him and dunk on people's heads seven times a game? Dirk would go, yeah, I'd love that. I would love to do that. You telling me you wouldn't want to be Shaq? What would you rather be, Shaq or John Stockton? John Stockton's technically, quote, unquote, more skilled. Who the hell would rather be Sha- wouldn't rather be Shaq, mm-hmm. right? The point is to dominate and score and, and do all this stuff. What the hell difference does it make how you do it? I don't, I don't get it. But it seems to be a theme with this. This era of guys in the NBA now where there's just this weird obsession with skill. And we even see it a little bit at the high school level now. Like, I follow a lot of these guys on Twitter and stuff, and it's all skill development and individual workout. And, you know, do this and do a wall sit and, and try to try to do a left-handed shot off of the wrong foot. And, and it's like, how about just play the fucking game and learn how to play? Because most of you guys can't do half of this shit anyway, so just play. Or find your own niche, you know? Not everybody has to do it the same way. I mean, that used to be one of the great things about baseball, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Julio Franco's batting stance. Like, yes. You, you, oh, you can't have it. The guy hit 380. Like, what are you talking about? So, I don't know. I just... That was very it's good. It's disappointing with Giannis. Very I, good. I, I don't understand well, why it happens, like but... that stuff. You know, right. he just keeps putting his head down and kicking the shit out of people, so he don't seem to care. No, and he's making money doing it, mm-hmm. and he's got a ring. Yep. So I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure Gilbert Arenas' comments don't bother him. I think there's some jealousy there. Oh, for sure. So, um, on a disappointing note, Chet Holmgren's out oh, for the year. I saw that. Liz Frank injury to his foot yeah. trying to guard LeBron on a fast break in a Pro-Am game. I have a feeling that might be the last we see of rookies in those games or high-paid high guys in those games. Those Liz Frank injuries, you're, you're, well, you're hearing that more and more now. But it's now. like a, it shouldn't be a full-year injury. You wouldn't think. So, you know, as I spoke about this Wembayama kid that's supposed to be the number one pick, maybe there's a little tanking uh, going on here oh. already. Oh. Not to say that Holmgren's not hurt. He I is. just going to say. But Oklahoma but City can go, ah, take a redshirt ear. Take your time. Take a redshirt ear. We're fine. We don't care if we... Go 19 and 63 again. (laughs) And then uh, Daniel Gallinari tears his meniscus playing for Italy. Um, He's on the Celtics now, so he's going to be out a couple of months. Um, You know, that's always the risk with these guys playing international. Will that be back in time for the regular season? Probably not. No? Probably not. All right. You know, and obviously, I mean, that's the, you know, if you're Mark Cuban, if you're Lazary and Edens, and you're the guy that owns Denver, Man, probably sweating every oh, game. Oh, every that game, you're doing, like every every. Like, make sure you everything. call me after the oh, game to tell me that everything's okay. Well, it's, Cuban was famous for just being outright and saying how much he despised Dirk playing for Germany. It's like your parents when when you travel somewhere late at night or you're going oh, yeah. on a long trip. Call me when you get there to make sure I know you're safe for sure. That's probably what these soldiers are, no are doubt, doing man. for this stuff. Call me after every game and tell me it's that it's all right. Leave a message. It's literally the fr- if Giannis. God forbid, 
broke his foot and had a had a was out Loose for the from. year. Attendance would drop drastically. Television covers, ads, all that. So the Bucks would lose a ton of money, and they'd stink. I, w- I wonder what the conversations are. Like, does he tell? Is he? Well, I heard something with Luca, where Luca basically has said, "Anytime Slovenia is playing in a game that matters, I'm playing in it." That's just how it's going to be. And he doesn't have. There's no contractual I stuff. Think, I don't think they can do. Well, I think if a team tries to do that, I think if Dallas tries to do that, he's just going to go. Well, I'm not going to play here then. When my contract's up, I'm leaving then. So. so I would like to know what the conversations, if there were any, with Giannis and the ownership or horse sure or whatever. Hey, just dude, like, don't fucking get hurt. That's we're, kind of we're where we're paying it's, you fifty a year. Good luck and make sure you're yeah, here on time safe. and healthy. Be safe. All right. Don't don't get in a car with a drunk guy. You know, right. be safe. Same thing right. your mom told you when you were right. seventeen. That's right. All right. Um, what else you got? All right. So we got. As I said, mm-hmm. I had my fantasy football draft last week. Okay. And usually that involves a lot of drinking uh-huh. and people after the draft kind of hanging around and, you know, drinking beer and shooting the shit. Well, that happened. And a couple of the guys that stayed are avid listeners to the pod. And they had some constructive criticism for me. Um, big fan of you. They don't like me. Um, <laughs> they really would like us to bring back the top five. Okay. Or or something Some variation. Like okay. Something where... You know, it kind of, you know, we 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 kind of run through all this sports stuff. Yep. They kind of like something there that's Just a little fun, maybe at the end. Okay, okay. Um, and then the other thing was, um, and this came up because I started telling uh, these guys about how awesome JJ Douglas, the Parker Junior wide receiver, is, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like, "Why are you guys not talking about this on the show?" And I said, "Well, I don't know that many people want." And they're they're like, "No, you need to do more local stuff." Especially the stuff that, like, you and I are directly covering and watching. Uh Um, You know, J.J., I was telling them about his first game. I think he had 260 yards, a couple touchdowns. Including the ridiculous ridiculous catch. And then this past week, they line him up at basically quarterback. Wildcat. And they they run him and Milton can't do anything wrong. And he runs all over everybody. He's, what, 6'5"? So yeah, six five six six something like that. Yeah, two forty, two thirty. The leading rebounder in the Big Eight. The last leading year? rebounder in the Big Eight is a sophomore, and I think and and I'm not speaking out of school. And JJ, if you're listening, I mean no offense. He's not that great of a basketball player. He's just a phenomenal athlete. I had to explain that to somebody at one of the. I think it was at Delavan this week when they were asking about him and some of the some of the comments. Guys, so like, what's up with Douglas? And I said, well. They would back off of him about eight feet yeah. and say, "Go ahead and shoot." Sure, but you get around the rim, and and you can't stop. No, it. I mean he had six, eight dunks last year. And how many double doubles when he would he'd have yeah. he'd have putbacks and garbage buckets? Yeah, he'd gonna, also have ten, twelve he, rebounds. He's going to make an all conference team or two if he keeps playing basketball sure. the next two years. Yep. Um, he's got to work on the jumper. Yeah. Well, well, you know, or work on the jugs machine, which is where you're going to make your money. Probably listen, true. I'm all for guys playing all all these sports, but you know, you got to know where your bread's buttered. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess they want to hear us talk a little bit more about that kind of stuff, okay. and and I'm all for it. All right. I'm I'm all about well, it. You know, we're in the throes of football season right now. We're into week three, and the biggest thing that I could take away just kind of to to wrap on that before we come up with more local stuff next week and the and the weeks after. Janesville schools are 3-0 and 1 
for football heading into week three. I'm not sure that there are a lot of people that would have expected that, you know, and Craig, depending on what happened in the second half, it could have been four and oh. And right now, Parker, if they put up and they can do what they do against Madison Memorial, I said that this morning, Memorial's a good team, um, but I think Parker's a good team. Um, You know, I think they would be their own worst enemy, but I think they have the potential to be actually pretty good to finish as, I would say, as high as third in the conference if they can knock off a Middleton, a Verona, or a Madison Memorial. Those are your main obstacles. Um, I think they can beat Craig. I think Craig can beat Parker. I think that the rivalry you never can tell, and that's happening in two weeks. Week four. Yeah. A little early. Yeah. A little early. Well, I guess it's better than week one. It's true. It's true, but now with the non-conference games at the beginning, the soonest that would happen would be in week three, but I don't want that kicking off the Big 8 season, but it comes in week two of the Big 8 season. So, I mean, East is, isn't very good. West isn't very good. They've had a lot of turmoil. Well, they have, they just don't have numbers. No, and Monona Grove, Monona Grove got beat 55 to nothing by Sun Prairie East. Monona Grove then beat Madison LaFollette like 50-35. to 35. Wow. So I'm wondering what LaFollette's like. they got a good running back. I'm not sure whether they're any good. So Verona has a new coach. Middleton's Middleton. I'm not sure after Middleton. And Middleton's 0-2 after two non-conference games, but they played good teams. They played mm-hmm. Bayport, and they played somebody else who's really good. So don't let the 0-2 thing. They're still probably the best team in the Big 8. But, like, after that, it could be anybody. And if Parker and Craig keep putting this stuff together, I I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really interested to see how this year shakes out because Parker's got a lot of skill guys. Brandenburg's good. Douglas is good. Paul Kim is good. Um, Novak has been really good. And and they, the fact that they threw in some Wildcat, Milton had no idea what to do with it. It was like, I, we've never seen this. and We don't know what's happening. It's like when a team plays zone. In basketball, like, <laughs> like, why, why is this so hard for you to decide? Right, yeah, right. But uh, so I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens about that. Shafter is is a really good quarterback. Shook is an awesome fullback. Craig's got a new defense. I'll be curious to see how how that kind of stands up um, in 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 the rest of the conference. But uh, yeah, so that's those are just kind of my takes and thoughts. So how about? Um... How about that kid from McQuanagoe, the running back, who ran for like 850 yards in two games? Yes. Win, Second most ever in state history. Win Stang is his name. He's got 10 touchdowns already. And we Jesus. saw we saw McGuanagoe. Craig went over there and played him in the level one playoff game last year. And Stang was the second leading rusher on his team last year. He had a thousand yards. The other guy had like sixteen hundred. So He's already damn near got right. after two games. After two games. And one of the games was against Sun Prairie. Yes. And he ran for about, what, four? 475-ish yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, and it, it wasn't touchdowns. against Sisters of the Poor. No, not at all. So that's that was something that I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But there have been a lot of good matchups in these non-conference games. It's a little bit like college football in the fact that you get some of these teams either playing, you know, home-and-home home series or a neutral site with somebody that's like, I didn't expect this. Like Franklin and Catholic Memorial and like Arrowhead and Muskego, they're playing, McGuanago's playing tough opponents with Sun Prairie. It's like, okay, I can get behind this. This is normally the guys you see in the playoffs. Yeah. And they're playing at the beginning of the season. It's yeah, that's like, cool. Like I can dig this. It's not, you know, Alabama versus, you know, Texas uh, A&M Corpus Christi or something like that where it's, you know, a one double A team that you're just going to pound on, pay a bunch of money to and say thanks. You know what I mean? So yeah. so I like this, and it seems like the realignment 
so far has been working. Beloit Turner's got a good team. They've scored 90 points in two games. Wow. Um, Beloit Memorial just won their first game of the oh, year. Oh, my goodness. I know. I know. They they beat Madison East, and it's weird oh, to say boy. that that's a non-conference matchup now. So because East Beloit's, must really be bad. Yeah. So I'm not uh, – I don't know. There's there's a lot of good stuff to like about football. Um and, and, and I'm really excited for it. We're, we'll learn more about, about UW-Whitewater stuff uh, coming up. I've heard really good things about this quarterback who he, he could and should be playing and starting for a D1 team, um, but he's over at Whitewater. Um, and they apparently have really, really fast wide receivers, but they want to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. But I'm wondering how many shots they're going to take downfield if they have a, good, a guy with a cannon and guys that can get behind defensive backs. So we'll learn we'll learn more about that. Everybody's making it about Whitewater's schedule. I mean, St. John's is number four. Mary Harden Baylor's number one, and they're the defending champions. They beat Whitewater in the semifinals last year. Barry ain't nobody to sniff at. And then you got two teams in the WEAC ranked. Lacrosse is the highest one, and then River Falls is ranked as well. They're, they're in the low 20s or teens. I can't remember which. So Whitewater plays four top 25 ranked teams hmm. this year. Um, at least. At, at least. Yeah, somebody else might de- sneak in. Depending how everything shakes out. So um, we're going to see a lot of good football, and I'm and I'm really, really excited for nice. it. So, nice. Um, so good. I'm glad you got some glad you got some feedback and they want us to do more local stuff. I can certainly find some stuff, and, and we can talk about it during basketball season. Yeah, well, I've always had a know, lot of um, baseball but, there. Um, you guys can hear me rant about the referees, and I can piss off all the referee people that listen to this. It'll get back to him. As long as you don't mention it by name. Because it's coming. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> oh, man. I can't, I did, I I did, can't wait. I did, see, uh, I did see the other day our boy Bradison put uh, Parker's uh, non-con uh, boys schedule up. Yes. They're all on the road. I know. He, and he wants us like, to do all I, I, of them. I just started laughing, and I thought, well, we ain't doing any of those. No. He goes, Goldie, you're going to be doing my week one? I said, no. And honestly, for some of those first Saturdays, if Whitewater keeps yeah. winning, oh yeah, for sure, You're, we're gonna I'm, have a conflict. We're yeah. not gonna be doing. Maybe right. you and Bear can go do a game. Yeah, okay. Would you accomplish anything? Who's with the that play-by-play guy? guy? That's what I mean. Who's gonna do what? You and Bear are gonna it'd go out like, to a broadcast. That'd be like if Shivani left the table and Brain and Zabisco had to call the match. It'd just be two idiots yelling at each just other, one-liners, yeah, just back and forth. <laughs> All right. Well, good. All right, we got a lot accomplished there in an hour and twenty yeah, minutes. So well, it's a. Uh, all right, it's been a couple weeks. Yep. We had to do it. No, we got to get on it because the NFL starts next week. So we'll be we'll we'll try to be back every week. Uh, hopefully, depending on my whitewater schedule and doing all stuff going over to campus, we can we can make that happen. So, uh, thank you for listening, downloading, and uh, if you can subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, until next time, I'm Josh Dan. We will talk to you next week. NFL starts. Yes, sir. Go Brewers. <laughs>